today, 2,000 years ago, Jesus is walking into Jerusalem, the triumphant in entry into Jerusalem. Actually, let's look at it really quick. You can hold your spot in Hebrews 11, but in John chapter 12, you know, the whole book of John, really, it's like the first half is about Jesus' life. The last half is all about the last week of his life. It's just kind of crazy to, to see, but um, in John chapter 12, am I at the right spot? Yeah, verse 12. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took the palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Mm. Jesus found a young donkey and said on it, as it was written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Mm. Now, I love how honest the Bible is. Like, John just admits, hey, we had no idea what was going on when it was going on. Now, how about you guys? But there's been moments where I'm reading the Bible and I kind of wonder, like, what is up with the disciples? Like, don't they see? Like, are you kidding me? Like, he walked on water. He raised people from the dead. He healed the sick. Yeah. Like, he told you he was going to die. Why were you shocked? Really? <laughs> You ever wonder that? You're like, what is your deal, guys? And John even admits it. We had no idea what was going on. You can read in Daniel, Daniel chapter 9 the prediction uh, that the uh, Messiah was going to come, and he predicts it to the year mm. that it was going to come. This was prophecy. All this stuff was happening. These, these were learned men. They knew what was going to happen. Yet they still were, were shocked. <laughs> When Jesus died. I'm not worried that they were sad, but, but sometimes I kind of find it weird that they were shocked. Mm. But you know what? That was 2,000 years ago, and it's easy yeah. for me to be surprised that they were surprised because I'm not them. Yeah. And there's just some things in life that no one can prepare you for. Mm. Think about all the, the parents in here. Mm. It doesn't matter what Lamaze class you went to. <laughs> What books you read, what advice you got, nothing prepares you for that moment when the baby comes out. The horrors of that moment. The, the craziness of that moment. That, you know, just all of a sudden, your life is different. Yes. It doesn't matter what books you read, how much you prayed that morning, you were like, wow, this is, I am shocked right now. Does that make sense? And so, uh, you know, this is... You know, the letter of Hebrews is written to this church that decades later, yep. they felt like giving up. Wow. You see, the Christian faith had just began. It wasn't even called Christian right then. It was called the way. They didn't have any symbols. Like they didn't, Nobody was wearing cross necklaces or getting cross tattoos. They hadn't got their taxes and status yet as a church. They were just trying to figure out if we're even going to make it. That's where, the, that's where the church was at the time. And so this, this writer of Hebrews, he's writing to them. You can be back over there in Hebrews chapter 11. He, he's writing to them and he's saying, like, guys, don't give up. You know, I know you've got to get accustomed to a new way of worshiping God. You know, before they were sacrificing animals. Now 
That didn't have to happen because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Mm. So they were learning to grow in their custom. Christianity was so new. You know, and he tells them stuff like, the writer of Hebrews tells them, like, you guys are running a race. Don't give up. He tells them to keep going, to get stronger, to not shrink back. And then you get into Hebrews 11, and that's where he calls forth all these witnesses to the stand. And he's like, you remember these guys? Yeah. You remember what they did? The trials that they went through and how they still kept the faith? You know, sometimes you just come to church to know that you're not alone. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just go to church and I'm like, oh, my brothers and sisters, amen. I'm just glad to know that we're still in the battle together. Yeah. And that's what he's telling you. You're yeah. still in the battle. Yep. And he goes through this roll call. And, and, you know, I don't always pick issues with the Bible. But there's one that I'm going to pick a little bit. Is that okay? Come on, man. I'm not going to go nothing bad on the Bible. Actually, the issue was because I didn't understand it. So the issue was really with me. But as I'm reading this Bible, he's talking about these men that have gone from weakness to strength. I understand most of them. I understand David. Weakness to strength. I mean, David was the shepherd boy who became a king. Okay. As a matter of fact, when Samuel wanted to anoint David, his dad sent, or Samuel came to anoint a king. His dad sent David to watch the sheep, and he said, because it's not even going to be you, son. It's going to be your brothers. His dad didn't even believe in him. I can see the weakness to strength with David. I can see the weakness to, to strength with Samuel, the prophet who anointed him, because Samuel was born in a barren situation. Mm. And then from a barren situation, Samuel was called to fix a broken problem. A broken situation, and that's what he did, from weakness to strength. I can understand Gideon from weakness to strength. Gideon was long, he was the he was he was a wimp, okay? Let's just say it like that. Gideon was a wimpy guy. And he thought he was a wimpy guy. He actually knew it. He says, I'm the least, okay? And it wasn't like this humble brat that he was saying. He was saying, like, no, really, I'm nothing. Yeah. And actually, my tribe is the worst tribe, and I'm the worst of them. Are you sure you want me? That's who he was. I mean, that was Gideon. You know, he was this wimp who was threshing wheat. And God called him a warrior. Come on. And he led people. He led God's people who had gone astray. I can even understand Jephthah. If you've never read the story of Jephthah, a lot of times people are like, who is that? It's like, you only know this one, Aaron, because you get paid to know this stuff. But, you know what I mean? That's how it is sometimes. I can understand Jephthah. Like, Jephthah's situation is so bad. He was, his mom was a prostitute, and the Bible says that his dad was named Gilead. Gilead was a city. His, they didn't know who his dad was. They didn't know he was in Gilead. That's how much his mom got around. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, his half-brothers despised him. The Bible, these are the Bible's words. It says he was surrounded by a gang of scoundrels. Mm -hmm. By worthless men. That's who surrounded yep. Jephthah. Yet God raised him up. Mm -hmm. And he was a deliverer. I can even understand Barack. I mean, he went from Hawaii to a senator in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> the other Barack. <laughs> raised up as a deliverer. But, but it's kind of funny because he, he actually was more in the shadow of Deborah. 
Yep. And, and what he says to Deborah, and Deborah's like, let's go. He's like, well, I'll go if you'll go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so he was like the reluctant leader. You know, God can use you in despite of your reluctance. He did it with Moses. He yep. did it with Barak here. He yep. can do it with you. So I can understand these guys that go from weakness to, to strength. But the one that I have a hard time with is, who do you think it is? Samson. What would a Samson know by? His strength. Anything else? His hair. Mary said yeah. it. His hair. <laughs> I mean, Samson is one of those stories, all you have to do is walk by a church and you know about the story of Samson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a movie about it right now. I think I think it's out right now. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I heard it wasn't good. Um, but, you know, he... He, he was known for his strength and a trip to the barber shop. That's what Samson was known by, and, and a bad decision. And, you know, it's kind of sad that that's what your, his life turned out to be. Is like yeah. he's known by his bad decision, his poor judgment. Mm -hmm. But he was strong. Yeah. Mm. But the fact is, is Samson was strong, and then he became weak. Those other people I'm talking about, they, they, and that was when I was reading this. I'm like, wait a second. He was known for his strength, and it felt like he, he became weak. Think about how strong he was. One day, Samson, he's just walking around, and a lion jumps out in front of him. Like, mm. what would you do? Like, what do you, I mean, think about what you do when a mouse jumps in front of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you, you, it's, you're in panic mode, okay? Or, or even a bug or something. A, a lion jumped in front of Samson, what's he do? He rips the thing apart. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Bible says. He ripped the thing apart. The next day, he's walking around, and he's like, oh, there's honey inside the carcass of the lion. Let me eat it. I mean, that's, that's Samson. That's like, like, just like a guy thing to do, I guess. Yeah. Just, the, just the strong guy thing. You know, another time in Samson's life, he lost a bet. The bet was for 30 pieces of clothing, for 30 articles of clothing, or 30 outfits. Well, instead of going to, like, Old Navy and buying the outfits, what's he do? He kills 30 Philistines and gets her outfits. I mean, I guess that's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. Um, you know, another situation, because his people, the people of Judah, the people he was actually supposed to be delivering, did not like a decision that he had made. Right. They tie him up and they hand him over to the Philistines. Mm. Well, and, you know, obviously he breaks through it. And what's he find? Well, the jawbone of a donkey. And in that one sitting, he kills a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Mm -hmm. Samson was strong. Was a strong man that went weak. Mm. He had so much power, so much potential, mm -hmm. and he went weak. <clears throat> you know, when it says in Judges, one of the, the saddest scriptures, he finds himself in the, the lap Delilah. Mm. We flip it over there to the judges. It says, after putting himself to, oh, brace yourself. That was the name of the sermon, by the way. We'll get, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> yeah, touch the person next to you and just tell them to brace yourself. How about this? Push the person next to you and tell them. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Over here. Come on, Tyler. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Samson finds himself, his head in the lap of another woman, and says, I'm putting him to sleep on her lap. She called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him. And his strength 
that Samson was strong and then mm. he became weak. Yeah. You know, and I don't know where you're at today. Maybe that's what you're feeling. My strength has left me. I'm just feeling weak. It's been hard. You know, um, I was thinking to myself, like, I started working out again, trying to get to that Mr. Incredible body. Back to that, you know. I'm just kidding. I never was there. But uh, I did start, I started working out. Okay, I figured, okay, I want to be, I don't want to be like the 50-year-old dad that, that, that can't throw the ball to the kids. I want to be in shape. I want to be able to have fun. And I'm looking at the energy of my children. I'm like, they are just like me. And we do not stop. Okay, and I remember telling my wife before we have kids, she says, are you going to be able to keep up with them? I said, absolutely. And they were, that gets tested every single day. <laughs> but I started working out and, uh, you know, started going back to the gym. Um, you know, it was P90X. Now I've been doing some of the, the gym workouts and uh, started doing some leg workouts. Now, I, I love working out my legs because I feel strong when it comes to my legs. I was a college runner. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about that in a second. But, um... I also started working out my chest a little bit. And uh, you know, I, I, my goal, I was like, I remember what I benched in high school, and so I just threw that up there. Okay, I'm like, let me, let me start there. Let me see if I can do this. Because I, I, I figure, I've been carrying around these, these kids all day. I was like, I gotta be kind of strong. You know what I mean? I gotta be doing okay. And surprisingly enough, no problem. I was like, oh, I hadn't lost any of it. Of course, I'm not going to tell you what I was lifting in high school. I was a cradle in high school. I weighed 135 pounds. Zero percent body fat. I was running all the time. So now I've got a little bit more weight in me, a little bit more body fat. You know, my shirts just keep getting smaller. So, anyways, but, but I'm working out. But, but um, so this has been happening. But the other day, I go to the gym, and this has been about three months of, of really trying to get it going again. I go to the gym, and I put the same weight on that I knew that I could do, the one that I did it at first, and, 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 I, and I start doing this. You ever been to the gym and, you know, you're, you're, you're I'm benching, I mean, and, and ladies, I know you might not understand the bench press, but this is an important thing to guys. Okay? Like, that's just what, I mean, like, we could be 90 years old, we're still going to be like, so what do you lift, bro? Like, what's your, what's your number? You know, we're going to be asking each other that, but like, but for me, like, I'm, I'm laying there and I'm like, I'm, I'm on the, the table and I'm sitting there like, why am I not, why is this such a struggle and I'm shaking, you know, my arms are shaking. <laughs> and so I asked my buddy, I was like, man, what happened? Like, I feel so weak. I feel like my strength has just left me. Like, I came here, like, without any training and threw this up, no problem. A week after that, I did it five times, no problem. Three months later, I can't even do it one time. And he was like, and you know, the person I was, that was helping me out, he's like, dude, like, I don't know. I don't know what your issue is. I really don't. And I'm like, well, you're not helping me. <laughs> I was like, I don't, you know, anyways, uh, we, he thinks about it for a second. He says, you know what? I don't think it's your strength that is the issue. I think it's your stability. You know, anybody that goes to the gym knows about this, about the stabilizing muscles. That's why you can put weight on a, you might be able to push it up, but you're going to shake the whole way up because the stability is not there. That's what he told me. He's like, 
you can go back to the gym, but you haven't been focusing on the stability. You need to work on the stability. And, and when I when he said that, the first thing I called was about Samson. You might think I'm weird for making that connection. But the first thing I thought about Samson was like, it wasn't that he wasn't strong. It was that he wasn't stable. He was not a stable man. You know, and I think that's the message. And if I could share anything with the church here today, you know, not really having known many of you, but just knowing that this is just a principle when it comes to all of us, that you are stronger than you think. Mm. Every one of you here are a lot stronger than you think. It's true. Just say that to yourself. I am stronger than I think. I'm strong. That's just, that just makes you feel better. You know what? I'm stronger than I think. I can take more than I think. I'm yep. a lot stronger yep. than I think. Yep. You know, but the issue isn't necessarily the strength. The issue, I think, for most of us is the stability. Because if we would work on being stable in all those areas and, and, and being balanced and having a stable life, we will tap into areas of strength that we did not even know that were there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want to talk about to finish the rest of the time just looking at. i got five areas, or I guess what you would call five pillars that of Stability, just to kind of test on their stability. I want you to write these down and, and use them on your husband or wife later. <laughs> just to see if you're stable. The first area that I'd like to ask is, are you stable in your emotions? Are you stable in your emotions? Maybe I need to ask your kids that. <laughs> or ask your boss. We all have emotions. Emotions are good. You know, I'm grateful to have emotions as a preacher. I get excited about things. I get mm -hmm. sad about things. I need emotions when I preach. I gotta be able to get loud. I gotta be able to get light. You know, emotions are powerful. The question is not if you have emotions. The question is, do your emotions have you? Mm -hmm. Marty Fuquay, one of my favorite mm -hmm. preachers to listen to, he says, emotions are terrible leaders. They're amazing servants. You know, we see some of us allow emotions to be the leaders. And it just doesn't work out well when that happens. You know, and, you know, and in case you're thinking, well, you know, yeah, like, women are so emotional. You know, I think guys can be just, or maybe even more emotional. Oh, yeah. We just have different ways of showing them. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, Samson's wives, they cried. But Samson killed. Yeah. It's like, who's more emotional? <laughs> you know, emotions. God gave Samson emotions. He gave him this emotional passion to conquer the Philistines. But if you read the story, if you go back and read Judges 13 through 16, if you read that story, you'll see that Samson took his passion and he spent it on his preference. Mm -hmm. Instead of applying it to his purpose. And that's the thing. It's like God gave you emotions. Are you using them for God? Or are you using them to serve yourself? Mm, great point. You see, instead of delivering his people from the Philistines, he reacted out of rage 
Yeah. And Samson married her. Mm -hmm. He had a moment. It was, you know, is are you stable in your emotions? The next yeah. question I would ask is, are you stable in your commitments? You know, if you consult your emotions every time to ask whether to keep your commitment, you'll never be safe. You see, Samson, he was a Nazarite. And you know what a Nazarite had to do? A Nazarite had to take a vow. And the Nazarite vow basically was three things. You couldn't drink. Mm -hmm. You couldn't touch a dead body. Yep. And you couldn't touch your hair. Yeah. You know, and Samson, before he met Delilah, had already done two of those. Mm -hmm. And he gets to the last one, and he lost all his strength. He was an unstable man. Mm -hmm. Samson grew up knowing he was strong, but he lost touch with what he was strong for. Mm -hmm. He had lost his commitment. You know, and in strength... Without an assignment, it turns into apathy that you'll spend in all kinds of ways. And, you know, we have to check. The next thing we have to check is our ambition. You know, because you check your ambition because if what you want isn't what God wants, even if you did it, it'll destroy you. And the only thing that I can see that Samson wanted bad enough to do something about it was revenge. Mm -hmm. And women. And he had the strength to accomplish both of those things. But, it didn't, but he didn't have stable ambition that allowed him, that point, pointed him in the right direction, pointed his strength in the right direction. You know, I had a coach in high school. And I remember going to, you know, in ninth grade, I went to high school and I had run track in uh, eighth grade or seventh and eighth grade and I'd done pretty well. And like I won a county championship at the mile. I was a distance runner. And the coach, I said, so coach, what do I need to do? What do I need to be successful? And he said this, and it always stuck with me. And he said, well, you need talent, you need opportunity, and you need drive. And here's the thing about me. It's like, and I, I had some talent. Like, naturally, was pretty good at running. I had the opportunity. I was being coached by one of the best coaches in the Southeast. And he was amazing. And, and people, when I told people what school I went to, they said, oh, you have an amazing coach. And that wasn't just other high school kids. That was college people, too. He coached a lot of the people in the college ranks. He actually had, I think he's about four people in the Olympics that he had sent, that he had coached. And uh, in his age group, the first time they reinstituted the transcontinental race, and that's from across the continent, he got sixth place in that. Okay, this is my coach, you know, and he was just like one of those guys who were just like, you are awesome. <laughs> um, he actually, you could look him up, Richard Westbrook. You can, uh, he is still, I think he's number five or six in the world right now, most consecutive days where you at least run one mile. He's around 44 years. He has not missed a day of running for over 40 something, I think it's 44, 45 years. It's just crazy. I had the opportunity to be trained by one of the best. But drive, drive is one of those things that you can't teach. Yeah. It has to be something that's in you. Mm. And you know what? He did, did pretty well with me. And he actually, I got to a point where I was able to pay for my college with running. But my freshman year of college, I lost the drive. 
I started partying more. Started getting involved in bad relationships. I lost the drive. I had the opportunity, I had the talent. My drive, gone. My ambition was not there. And the issue was I just didn't want it bad enough. You see, I looked at it and I said, okay, I'm not good enough to win a gold medal at this. I'm not good enough to get paid by Nike to do this. But I was good enough to pay for my college. And I didn't think that was enough. <clears throat> my ambitions were, were a little off there. And I think that can be the problem with us sometimes is we just don't want it enough. Right. Or maybe we don't want enough. We don't have big enough ambitions. Maybe it's like we just want the job, but I don't want to make a difference at my job. I just want to go to the school of my choice, but I really don't want to make a difference at the school of my choice. And it's not just about... You know, sometimes some of us need to go ask for a raise so I can make a difference with the money that I'm given. Does that make sense? It's like, what's my ambition? Some of us need to be putting ourselves in a better situation so that we can be a blessing to other people. Mm. Searching for other opportunities and other resources. Right. I mean, what is your ambition? Is it in line with what God wants for you? See, Samson was only strong enough to get what he wanted and he underperformed his potential because he didn't have stable ambition mm. he saw a woman he, he took what he wanted you know but if your ambition is not in line with your assignment even your achievements will be empty yeah. mm. you know is your ambition in, in line with what God wants for you is it in line with the great commission is it in line with loving others, being a light to other people? Because if it's not, at some point, even what you achieve will end up being empty. How's your ambition? Is it stable? Yeah. The next one I want to talk about is maybe a little like stoop more towards the students. I see we got some students here, but relationships, the stability in your relationships. You know, the issue with Samson is he got in all kind of trouble because he was with the wrong people. He just you know, he consulted the wrong people. He was, he was like hooking up with the Philistines, and they're the ones that are trying to kill him. And, you know, it's like, if you want to be stable, you got to be around stronger people. You know, and this isn't just for the students, but, you know, there's some people that, you know, I want to be stable, but I actually have no one. You know, we got to find, make sure we get around stronger people. You know, Samson, he wouldn't listen to his parents. He said, you know, they had told him, hey, Samson, don't marry the Philistine woman. What did he do? Well, he wouldn't marry her. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't listen to the ones who really loved him. Instead, he listened to the ones who hated him. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think for us, like, I find, I found in myself, I get in the most trouble when I just lean on the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I've got other people in trouble because they leaned on me and I was the wrong person. Are you stable in your relationships? You know, if you keep leaning on weak people, don't be surprised when you get let down. If you put your head in Delilah's lap, don't be surprised you wake up bald. Okay? That's just what's going to happen. You know, maybe some of you need a new squad. That's, a, that's like a college term. 
you know, maybe you need to figure out some new people to be around. Maybe you got to get around some stable people. You know, maybe you got to find some people that you can say, man, like they can take a storm and they're not going to break. They can go through some tough times and it's not going to wreck their life or wreck their faith. We need to be those type of stable people, but we also need to surround ourselves with those type of stable people. People that aren't going to be pushed around. And sometimes that's just what I look for in my friends and my relationships. Yeah. It's like, do I see you going through tough times and not losing it? That's so valuable. We need to be that and we need that. Mm. You know, the thing about stability, though, it's not necessarily the reason when people get unstable. It's not necessarily what's happening on the surface or what's happening up here. You know, it's like if you look at this, like I can move this all around. You know, for those over there, you can't really see what's going on. This is getting rocked around. But like it's not falling over because it's stable down here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. And the Bible teaches that, you know, it teaches us that our foundation is what stabilizes us. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a foundation yeah. in God, if you don't have a deep relationship mm -hmm. with God, I'm not talking about, I know a few scriptures here and there, mm -hmm. I'm talking about a deep biblical foundation with God where I, I'm listening to the words of Christ and putting them mm -hmm. into practice. And when those storms come, I am not getting blown up. Mm -hmm. That's how you're stable in your relationships. Yeah. And the last thing that I see that I want to check our stability in is our beliefs. Do you believe in what you can't see? You know, at the end of Samson's life in Judges chapter 16, you guys can turn there. Samson had been deceived by Delilah. His ambition was gone anyways, and, you know, and really, like, they had captured him, but before they captured him, they blinded him. And really, the fact is, is, is Samson was blind this whole time, really. Yeah. His ambition was off. He was just an unstable man that just thought he could accomplish everything by brute strength. And it gets to a point at the end of his life where the Philistines, they, they gathered around to have this great party, and they brought Samson, the one that was supposed to be a deliverer for Israel. They brought him out to be like just this puppet and have him dancing for them. And in verse 25, it says, While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson and entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison, and he performed for them. When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hand, He said, Put me where I can feel the pillars. Keep in mind, you can't see it this completely blind and it's like it's like put me in put me where I can feel the pillars you know say say you know say that was a mistake that was mistake number one okay let him put him in this position where he can feel the pillars that I made a lean against him it says the temple was crowded with men and women all the rulers of the Philistines were there and on the roof were watching about three thousand men and women and they were watching Samson perform you know Samson in his most vulnerable state yet, was about to have his greatest victory. And I want you to look at this, because in verse 28, we see him pray. He says, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, 
God, strengthen me once more, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two lives. And Samson reached toward the two center pillars. You know, and you can just imagine his eyes that he's got, he's just blind. He reaches towards them. And what's he do? Say it. What's he do? Braces himself. He braced himself. What'd he do? Braced himself. What'd he do again? Braced himself. He braced himself. You know, for us, we have to brace ourselves. You know, you got to ask, okay, what will I do in times of trouble this season? What am I going to do? Brace myself. Brace myself. What am I going to do when it feels like everything is falling apart? What am I going to do? Brace myself. What am I going to do when the, the storms are coming at me and it just feels like I can't overcome it? What am I going to do? Some of y'all can brace yourself. Some of you are going to be falling over. Come on. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. What are you going to do when your friends aren't being the friends that you can lean on? Brace yourself. What are you going to do when you feel like all hope is lost? Brace yourself. Guys, this mm. is the difference that Samson, when in Samson's life, he finally, in his weakest state, braced himself. Mm. You know, and after going back through the story, I, I realized, okay, this is where his weakness was turned into strength. Mm. His weakness was turned into strength because he believed when he could not see. Yeah. And Samson braced himself. And after he braced himself, mm. he had a victory far greater than any of his other victories. Mm. You know, when you stabilize, when you stabilize those areas that you haven't really been strong. When you, there it is, when you brace yourself, God can do amazing things through you. Because like I said, you're stronger than you think. You got to say it, say that again. I'm stronger than I think. I'm stronger, I'm stronger than, than I think. think. When I feel weak, brace myself. I got to go back and look at those. I got to check my beliefs. I got to check my relationship. Somebody just made a connection there. I gotta check my ambition, my commitments, and my emotions. I've gotta brace myself. I gotta check these areas. And you know, because chances are when I'm feeling off, one of these areas has gotten out of whack. One of these areas is unstable. And I gotta correct it. So let's think about these things as we uh, go today. We're gonna stand up. I wanna close out in one prayer and then we are dismissed.